Hello, everyone. Before this episode actually gets on, uh, gets rolling, uh, I'm here to just let you know that we got about two more episodes. This episode, including, uh, including that episode, so two more episodes of season four of the Water Cooler Podcast. I really can't believe that I've done so many episodes of these, and I've had a blast making them the entire time. And uh, I believe after this, not this episode, but the next episode, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break, but I'll still be recording episodes during that time. So just letting letting everyone know that there probably won't be any new episodes for about two to three weeks. So don't be alarmed. I know I haven't really been very, I haven't been good about posting regularly just because of reopening and just everything that's been going on in the world. I haven't really felt like editing and, uh, uh, and, and yeah, uh, just wanted to let you know that I'm still out, out, out here and making podcasts and also making TikToks too. all the links in the description for that too. So if I'm not posting on this podcast page, uh, go ahead and follow my TikTok and my Instagrams because I'm active there. And uh, and yeah, uh, but season five, everyone needs to get ready for season five because it's I've got a lot of awesome episodes planned for that, and um, that should be that should be launching very soon after the finale of uh, season four. Uh, but yeah, I would but I would just like to thank everyone. I know there's not very many of you, but everyone for listening to all these episodes. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I think this podcast has has grown quite a bit, uh, but it's still rather small. And I actually like all the people that I met along the way. And uh, it's really just, uh, it was a nice exercise for me. And I'm definitely still going to do it, even though we're slowly getting out of lockdown and quarantine, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, enjoy this episode that I recorded with Connor on the 4th of July. We talked about our top five favorite animated movies of all time. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 52 of the Water Cooler Podcast. Uh, my name is Marley, as always. And then I'm also joined by Connor, my good friend Connor. How are you doing, Connor? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. We're recording cool. this a day before 4th of July. So if fireworks go off in the background, uh, don't be alarmed, Connor. Uh, I'm still alive over here. On the- okay. That's, <laughs> so fireworks are illegal here. Um, it's, it's a blessed condition. Yeah, my it's my so neighbors nice and quiet. Fireworks are illegal here too, but uh, my neighbors don't. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so if you hear fireworks go off, it's like uh, I'm okay unless I run out screaming. But uh, I decided to bring you back on uh, the show just because you're one of my good friends, and and 
we enjoy talking about movies and oh uh, yes i listened to this one episode of this podcast that will remain nameless uh they basically they they were talking about like the newest uh mitchell um the mitchells versus the machines and they a counter response to that was mm-hmm. they talked talked about like some of the greatest animated movies of all time i this is kind of like a response even though the episode was aired like like months ago but the thing that kind of pissed me off about that episode was that they say like animation is for kids like what kind of animation can i tolerate with like my kids like i understand like these guys are like much older than us and they're like they have families and but it's 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 constant it's a constant like criticism that animation has it's they've Mm -hmm. had it for for pretty much since the medium began but it's like animation isn't for kids so i figured why not bring you on and we can talk about some of our favorite animated movies that were really for everyone that's that's amazing because i i i'm really into animation actually and Mm -hmm. i was really excited when you asked me to do this and i immediately had to go and research all my favorite animated films and go and see the ones that i hadn't seen that are canon and uh so yeah i'm excited to talk about this i i know i have i have things to say so that's 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 good yeah but um like like what do you think about like those people that 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 have like that opinion i'm interested to hear their top animated movies um and and how that sentiment that um the animation is for kids translates to their view of what animated movies are good um because that's a really common sentiment i remember going and seeing up and dragging my friend in high school to it and it was just two 18 year old kids uh and he was he was so upset with me that we were going and seeing a kids movie and he just like sulked through the whole thing and then cried at the end and forgave me so i think there is there is hope that animated movies could still um like access parents and and be an adult entertainment right i mean rick and morty certainly is there's a lot of there's a lot of television shows like adult animation in tv is is all the rage right now right um right so uh i think like one of their main examples was uh animalisa the Mm. charlie kaufman like stop motion animation and they said, like, if you bring, like, your children to, like, that film, you should be put on, like, a watch list. Which... I mean, I haven't seen that movie, but I, I'm i tempted to say that they might be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're right. But that doesn't mean that you need to take your children to every single animated movie that comes out in theaters ah, and stuff yeah, like sure. that. Like, that's, like, like, you need to know that you're going to a Charlie Kaufman movie. And, like, that movie is not going to be for everyone. So... No. Yeah. Uh, but well, without further ado, let's get into our yeah. our top fives. You first, okay? So my top five is actually um, it kind of falls in line with like the stop motion since we just brought up Animal Lisa. Uh-huh. Uh, I my top five it's actually Coraline. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love the like when the first time I saw Coraline, I saw it in three D, and I instantly fell in love with like like a like like a studios and like i like even now it's like to this day like i dream of like working in hillsborough oregon where the where mm. the studio is mm-hmm. uh like produces like all of their films and i believe they're still there like oh, they yeah. don't have any other location they're just like in oregon just making stop motion stop motion films and i 
appreciate stop motion so much just because I I love the love that you can see like with every stitch, with every like uh ball and socket armature. It's just like Leica is like it's such it it it, it you you see the passion like in, in every like shot and every like scene. It's Yeah. Stop motion is really good for that. My my top five is Wallace and Gromit. Um, it, for the exact same reason, there's a personal quality to it. You can see uh, the animator's thumbprints in like Wallace's, you know, skin as he's running around. Um, there's there's a there's a really personal authorship quality to it, um, and and that is like I, I Wallace and Gromit for me is the quintessential stop motion movie. Um, Especially like the original one with the evil penguin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's that's I, we're we're thinking in the same vein here, right? Is, uh, so is that your number five? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, I almost put Wallace and Gromit on my list, which is really <laughs> which is really funny, just because like the I say Coraline was my first, but it actually is Wallace and Gromit. Like I remember like <laughs> borrowing like or stealing like vhs's from like mm-hmm. my school library and like just watching like those short cartoons like like just all day long and like that that like those are just so wholesome like yeah yeah uh and even like the the movies that came out later like curse of the were rabbit and uh i forget oh, they're great yeah and they're... sean the sheep too which i think was like just nominated for an enemy emmy or yeah, I mean, well, there's they're still out there they're still doing good work Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. seen Shaun the Sheep, but it looks awesome. I, I haven't seen Shaun the Sheep either, but it I hear I hear a lot of good things that are coming out of that studio. But yeah. um like going back to Coraline like a little bit is that I I love Coraline more than like uh, pretty much anything that Leica has made just because uh Henry Selleck was the one that kinda put his foot down and just kinda basically said like like, hey, I can do I can do stop motion too because he's pretty infamous for Nightmare Before Christmas, another stop motion film mm-hmm. that no one actually thinks he directed because everyone thinks Tim Burton directed Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, and I always have to tell people I'm like, no, yeah, it's Henry <laughs> Selleck. It's like it's it, it's so it's so frustrating that that guy has like an entire film where people don't even know he made it. But now he has Coraline, and it's like, it, like he did such a great job, and just had like the whole like horror like around like like um, Coraline's parents like with buttons in their eyes, and like it's just, it's not it's not for kids. It definitely isn't for kids, and it's like like no, uh, but kids I, can enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. It's a happy medium. Yeah, totally a happy medium, and that's that's why I love Coraline and. That's that's a pretty happy medium with Wallace and Gromit too, because it's like people, uh, like kids can enjoy that, but there's also like hidden like hidden jokes that in Wallace and Gromit that uh, uh, that adults Parents can like too. Can enjoy, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Well, so so how about how about number four then? Okay, so my number four is actually it, it uh, Spirited Away. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki uh is uh he's a treasure. He <laughs> <laughs> he will uh he will go down in the hall in anime hall of fame as just being one of the greats of just 
like Spirited uh, he has a lot of great films, but Spirited Away is the one that kind of touched me the most just because it's the kind of the one that I watched with like my parents and like we both kind of like sat there just kind of like it's it's kind of a weird film to watch with your parents, especially with like the parents like in the beginning scene where their parents are eating like pigs and then they turn into pigs. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it, but I don't know. I, I just love how just simple Miyazaki's films are and just, and also how deep they can be where it's like, you know what I mean? My number one's a Miyazaki film, mm-hmm. but not spirited away. I feel like spirited away is almost too perfect. It, it, it and a few other films are the closest thing to something some media like instituting a feeling of a, of a dream state. Um, when I, when I'm watching the movie, uh, um, old, old Russian movies also do this Solaris. Um, and, uh, um, ah, my mind's, my, my mind's blinking. Um, stalker, um, by Andrew, uh, Tarkovsky, mm-hmm. or Andre Tarkovsky, uh, Spirited Away is, is is it's it's not right how good it is um, as like a perfect piece of animation. I'm surprised you put it at number four and not number one. Yeah, honestly. Uh, well, this is one thing that we probably should like state. Like, I <laughs> it's, didn't this is in no particular these. order. Yeah, it's <laughs> in no particular particular order. Like, I almost had like I, I had an like, almost crisis. Where I was just like, oh, I can't rank these like mm-hmm. from 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 worst to like best because I feel like in 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 my eyes, like all of these films are great that I'm that I'm naming. Uh, but uh, you can, if you want, you can put a certain ranking to it because well, my number one is actually is a, 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 like I was brought to tears with this film. <laughs> with, with Spirited Away. So it is your it is your number one. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, in theory, but if you want to go with the ranking, like the, it's my number four. But <laughs> okay, okay, fair. Well, yeah, in in that case, I was just around Miyazaki. Uh, mine is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, um, mm-hmm. which is like their one of their first big movies, um, and it was based on a manga that he wrote. Uh, so, of the all of the brilliant quality Miyazaki movies, I have to single that one out as being special, even amongst. Mizaki stuff um, mm-hmm. because it was a personal work to him because it is is one of the earliest ones and it still has that like 80s quality of animation that was like really unique at the time and um, uh, it was built it was it was made on a shoestring budget um, and and it, it shows in being quirky and and weird in some places and having an odd kind of feel to it that's totally unique um, I'd, I'd have to go with that one I could tell tell more stories. The guy who made Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is one of the best animated TV shows, um, worked as an intern on that movie, on Nausicaa, and entirely animated um, the sequence where, I don't know if you've seen it, but a giant melting uh, evil construct of a, of a man is... Um, uh, blowing evil energy out of his mouth and destroying uh it's the 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 herds of of um benevolent creatures uh charging and uh the 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 whole sequence was animated by that one guy 
um, at the at a, at a shoestring budget, but it somehow shows because it's all united in this ability to make you feel really creeped out and weirded out and fascinated by um, the the giant creature on screen that's melting. Uh, to, have to single it out for even just that one shot is amazing. That that that's just that's amazing. Like I I don't think I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh yeah, oh, you got it. You got it. It's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's well, weird, it's Miyazaki, it's movie. so it's it, great. It, it's Miyazaki, so it has to be weird. But uh, I believe all of his films are streaming on HBO Max, right? Oh, I nice. Think, I, I think I HBO Max actually has like the the, the streaming rights. I'd have it. to I'd have to go with that one. Yeah, and I, I think I don't the, know if you should only... start your your Miyazaki adventure if you're a naive to Japanese like pop culture anime but um mm-hmm. that's that's definitely hit one of his uh, best right uh well that, that that's a good pick but um we're on number three, three now three so um what's your what's your number three Connor? uh i'd have to, <laughs> mm, i have to go with the illusionist um by sylvian chomet and it's a uh, it's a french animation um based on uh, an unproduced script by um, uh, an old famous French um, comedian and film star about his relationship with his daughter. Um, and it's it's very sweet and sentimental, and it made me cry my eyes out throughout the entire show. Um, right. And it's made... <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unique in that it's um, watercolor and ink, uh, in in a mix, a heavy mix of of uh, 3D effects um, that they rotoscope over, so it's it's an entirely two dimensional end product. Um, was this beautiful. nominated for best? For, like it was best like animated short or? No, it's it's a it's a feature. His mm-hmm. other one is Triplets of Belleville, which is also one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's extremely depressing mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and unique as well. It's a musical um, where a, about three old women who play music on found instruments, um, and they get involved with the French uh, bike and wine mafia. Um, and this uh, old woman with a, uh, a, a, a an uneven uh, spine that has a giant boot for a for an extended foot trying to rescue her son um and there's a dog that likes taffy it's 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 great and there's exploding frogs what (laughs) exploding frogs yeah 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 you really you gotta gotta see it to believe it Uh, sylvian chomade is great both of his movies are are utterly fantastic Mm -hmm. um and uh and totally deranged yeah uh, that that so- sounds like right up my. It's alley. too bad you haven't seen him because I yeah. really want to talk to him about. I've I have met very few people who've seen him, and I'm usually the ones that are showing people Sylvain Chomet movies. And, well, uh, and I never get to talk about him. Yeah, I would like to like watch the Illusionish, uh, like especially like after we after we record because like I've seen like I've seen images of that film and it uh, like like it's absolutely stunning. Like the way you described it with like the like just. Like a watercolor, like animation, you hardly ever see anything like that. It's like it's... yeah, it's the the other one is is Ponyo uh, that I know of, and um, oh, the, po- and that's the, like, the Japanese yeah. Japanese <laughs> uh, watercolor animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the illusionist is, is like uniquely French European uh, because they love that that watercolor and ink style, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it it goes back to like old '60s comics, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So, right, um, mm -hmm. and it can be incredibly detailed too, and it is. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my number three, uh, it, like I cried my eyes out during it, but it's actually a little bit people probably know it a little bit more than the mm -hmm. illusionist but <laughs> i cried my eyes out uh it's uh it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a cliche pick but uh toy story 3 mm -hmm. uh I, I i made i made an on like a pretty insane decision to only put one pixar film like on 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 my list just because like if i really wanted to like uh make like my top five animated like films like and not like have that restriction i would just put all pixar films just because i love pixar so i restricted myself to just doing one one pixar film and i didn't do the first toy story i did toy story 3 just because with that one scene alone where they're sitting in the pit of fire and they're all holding holding hands just awaiting just just uh, oh yeah, well, we're death. all waiting to die. Yeah, what? that was hardcore. I I've <laughs> never cried so hard in a theater. Like I, I'm pretty sure, like the little kid like next to me that probably had no idea what was going on was just <laughs> it was not as <laughs> quite as into it yeah. as Marley. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bawling my eyes out. <clears throat> like that that scene was like you could you could argue that Toy Story one and Toy Story two. Like they don't really hold up, and like the 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 like the storylines and just like the character developments just kind of don't really make sense. But Toy Story three kind of just like it wrapped it up perfectly, where it's like it's like it it's some sometimes it's our it's our time to die, and it's like <laughs> and and just and like you just need to embrace it when it's when it's your time, and I feel like. Toy Story 4, in my opinion, like, I'm very controversial online with my opinions on that movie just because I feel like the fact that Toy Story 4 exists totally breaks the fact that... Uh, totally breaks, like, the, the ending to Toy Story 3. Just because... Oh, yeah. Just because it's, like, it, like, it's closure. Like, these toys are ready to go, and, like, they they embraced it, and... But they did. I don't think they embraced it at the end of Toy Story three. Don't they? Don't they sort of get a sweet deal in retirement as toys for a new child? Yeah, it's well. It's from what I hear online is that is that uh, that like Toy Story three is is Andy's ending, and Toy Story four is Woody's ending. But in in my opinion, it's like it's not really like that's not really what I come to Toy Story about. It's about like. It's it's like it's really it's about Woody, but it's also about like just like the toys in general, about the toys coming to life. Because like when the first one came out, never really seen anything like that. And then like Toy Story was the first, basically like that the the first movie that I experienced where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna close my door and just imagine like what my toys on the other side are probably doing. Mm, like mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's like it it's that first movie that kind of like explored that imagination in me and i love toy story 3 for the fact that it's like 
I, I don't know. Just like there's there's just so many like emotional themes in it, and you could you can throw the Holocaust stuff out the window, I guess, even though it's kind of blatant about like the concentration camps. But uh, but yeah, I, I love Toy Story. Toy Story. 3 I, so much. I didn't even make that connection. Now I see it. So they they were sent to the the old folks' home for toys, and 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 it's like a a prison, and and they're eventually going to be put down. Yeah, yeah, it's a concentration camp. And and Lotso Huggin' Bear is Hitler, and like if you think about it, I, f- I feel like that's a grotesque metaphor. Very grotesque, <laughs> but it's it's probably not that direct, you know. Like he is he is every um, prison strongman, and not just not mm-hmm. literally Hitler. Right. Um, I don't know. I I don't have any any Pixar movies on my list, mm-hmm. and I did that deliberately. I think Pixar movies are pushing the line in uh between animation and live action even mm-hmm. as they don't look like live action whatsoever you see that scene in toy story 4 that was brilliantly highlighted by some youtuber where they um brought in directors of photography to um uh, advise on lighting as if it was a live action movie mm-hmm. um, and so they they would they would bring in um and model uh impractical lights uh and then light the scene and then they would also model lens effects um like uh rack focus and then uh, panoramic or not uh, anamorphic lens distortion um uh lens flares and and in a famous moment uh, they have a split diopter that they model um well i think half of the the scene is yeah i think roger deakins is like a like a advisor at pixar Yeah, yeah 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 Um, cause I yeah. remember him being like an advisor with Wally, like uh-huh. another great Pixar film, but uh-huh. that didn't make well, my yeah, list. I, I would have put Wally over, over Toy Story, but yeah. I, I don't want to put them on, on, on the list at all. I, yeah. I, I really <laughs> don't. I think they're closer to the Avengers movies and, and like Paddington Bear, um, which was also a great movie that we could, we could possibly sort of slide into the animation category because of this animated character but really no they're they're staging these three-dimensional figures in a three-dimensional space and then moving the camera around um and filming it almost as if it's a live action movie that they have complete control over in a in a in a virtual world that's a good point but i feel like what animation and what they've what pixar has done really well uh, like since like the first Toy Story and like what other filmmakers are are quickly like discovering like I I can like a certain filmmaker you can say a Steve, Steven Spielberg I would have put Tintin the Adventures mm, of Tintin mm-hmm. on the list if it was actually a good film but, <laughs> but uh it like it's still fun it's still a Steven Spielberg joint and I had like a good time but like there's certain scenes in the in, in the in, in the Adventures of Tintin where like Steven Spielberg, he felt like he was like unleashed. Where there, yeah, there you, the camera sh- can do literally anything. Yeah, and like when you put like one of the greatest filmmakers of our time, Steven Spielberg, like like when you unleash him like that, like some of like the shots in like you had like like a camera starting up at like a library and traveling through a bookcase and like and and wrapping around and like and focusing in on Tintin, and I'm like. That would have taken. Like, I have no idea what that would have taken for live action. So it's. I feel like I like this is where I kind of give like Steven Spielberg a round of applause just for like kind of like 
just starting like that narrative of like, hey, this is what you can do with animation. Like it, it like yes, it is. It it can it can be the replacement for live action, but but like like I honestly feel like this is way this is the, especially with COVID and all. Like this could be like the way like films could be made like in the future. Uh, the the Source Story films are reminding me of Avengers because of the similar things that they're doing now uh, in in like the high level uh, set productions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Disney Plus's um, Bounty Hunter is is another example of this, where they have like the the high resolution, high fidelity screens that they put Unreal mm-hmm. Engine backgrounds onto, um, and then film it. Uh, and and the, the the screens are bright enough that they light the actors um, as if they're in the real environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the the screens are just hyper realistic virtual backgrounds. Um, in Avengers, in I think the, the last couple, they shot on these old anamorphics because they wanted to give it an organic feel. Um, but then they had to match the, the virtual backgrounds and environments with the actors. So they also modeled the lenses um, and the way that the gla- the light reflected through the, gra- the, the glass um, in the computer when they shot the um, plates and uh, they tracked the camera's, you know, you know pitch yawn movement um, through that, as as well as all of the lens imperfections, um, so that they could get that animated background um, to precisely match the actors. And that's not even to mention all of the different um, effects they used to um, blur and distort the actors' faces um, and 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 change their expressions uh, or or put them onto bodies that weren't theirs. Like that's also really crossing the line now into animation. Yeah, um, it's kind of the visual effects it is. It's definitely like blurring the line and also going into that line of just um what's what's that word? Um shoot. It's um uh, the uncanny valley. Yeah, uncanny valley. It's yeah it, uh which is why like yeah Pixar like is hiring like Roger Deakins to like like learn like all these cinematography tricks but there's Mm -hmm. always this little quirk like within their anime like i remember watching like the behind the scenes of finding nemo and andrew stanton is basically pushing his animators and like and to like make the ocean like as real as possible and they they come back like six months later and like they show like a live action uh like humpback whale like jumping out of the sea and like the animated version and they show it both on screen and there it's like he said he couldn't tell the difference and this is like when finding nemo came out so that was like 2006 so uh and then andrew stanton was just like know what this like great job but we need like uh we we need to pull ourselves back like just a little bit <laughs> like like uh, of just like like this is really this is really great to see what we can do but it's like as as long as we have like that little tiny bit of animation to just kind of pull people back in and get people like because like it's fine if it's realistic but these are also characters like like in the movie like like they're, talking fish. They're, they're, <laughs> it's like yeah they're, they're character 
caricatures, but, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, there's like an approach to filmmaking that is totally different from like classic 2D animation, mm -hmm. um, where they have to stage the camera in a 3D space and mm -hmm. uh, think about focus and things like that. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I still want to want to do that. I'd rather make space in the animated category for um, my my number two, which is uh, a scanner darkly, Richard Linklater oh, sci-fi. Oh yes, yes. Um, Wait, did, did you say your number three? And it's rotoscoped. Did you say your number two. three? I, th I three three was uh, I don't know what was my number three. Shoot. I got Wallace and Gromit, um, The Illusionist. And uh, Nausicaa. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got you got Spirited Away and mm -hmm. uh, Toy Story Three and um, something else. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Coraline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No. I'd, I'd I'd also I'm tempted to put Waking Life here, which is his, his wait, Richard Linklater's other um, rotoscope movie, but Scanner Darkly has more plot and less pop culture. Um, philosophy. So as awesome as Waking Life is, A Scanner Darkly is a bit more accessible. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, the, no, I, you, you, I totally f forgot about this film. I'm totally going to like watch this like when we're done with this, just because I, I love this film so much. It's, it's like, you know, it's it's not quite as, as good a movie maybe as, as some, as like Wally or some of the Pixar stuff, but it's it's eminently enjoyable, and I feel like it deserves to be in the animation category more than others because they attempted to take a uh, a capture of a three-dimensional situation and two-dimensionalize it as much as possible mm -hmm. uh, and they do they, they totally compress the background and foreground and then instead of um using uh, focus to differentiate the background and foreground they just use levels of detail so it's painted with broader strokes where attention uh needs to be drawn less um, and finer strokes where attention needs to be drawn more uh, like in actors' faces, um, like a, a scanner darkly is is like kind of like that perfect example of just like a director, you, you basically just pulling everything from all the mediums and just and like taking advantage of like uh, taking advantage of its strengths. Like you said, like mm. with like like uh, like since it's animated, like you can you can uh, show like the like emotions on the characters' faces in like a different way, but it's to to like great effectiveness, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I love a scanner darkly, and I, I really glad it's, I'm really glad it's your number two. But, <laughs> great, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, my number two is um, it's a little film that I didn't think I would it would be like I didn't think it would be in my life as much as I thought it was going to be. I remember seeing this film like like with my mom like at the theater and like she wanted to see this film and i was just like it's a dreamworks film i like i hate dreamworks dreamworks is like like at the time dreamworks was just kind of like like just animation hell like that's where animation movie animation movies go to die but after coming out of this like showing for the first time i fell in love like with this movie alone and that is how to train your dragon I, oh really oh yeah i fucking love how to train your dragon so much like i don't really care for any of the sequels i think the sequels that they kind of like jump the shark like a little bit and i just wasn't that interested in it 
but the like just the way this film looks and just like and and also the the one scene where it's it's um it's hiccup's first flight uh hiccup uh, uh um yeah it's hiccup's uh first flight and the camera basically pans over over toothless and you it's like you're it's like you're it, i feel i felt like i was flying like it was just it, it totally pulled me into this world. The score was absolutely amazing. Like John Powell's score, like I have no idea how it didn't win an Oscar that year. Like it, it's such it's such a soothing score and such a like a uh, just a rising score. I, I love How to Train Your Dragon so much. But cool, yeah, man. I, that's I I can't say much about that because I, I I like it as much as the next guy, but I've seen it on in too many doctor's offices in the background with kids <laughs> screaming. And right. uh, and and I and I feel like it's just not my generation's um, quintessential animated movie. I, f- I feel like that might be um, Ice Age, which was just on twenty four seven on television and, and everywhere um, when I was a kid. Everybody I, had that, and I the other DreamWorks like stuff Age. too. Like <laughs> it's just so... yeah. I just uh... <clears throat> but I just remember just walking into that theater and I was just hating life just because I was seeing a DreamWorks oh, movie. And then I came out. I was just like, "Whoa!" Like that was that was an experience. And like seeing it in three D yeah. and seeing that same shot that I just described of just like the camera like hovering over Toothless, and you just and then he nose dives. I was just like, it was just awe inspiring and th- awe inspiring and thrilling. And just hearing that John Powell score, which I still listen to this to this day. Mm, mm-hmm. Like John Powell, like like what a composer and like like. Like, that score was just amazing. I like, but like I said, like the sequels, not like didn't live up to the hype. But I still love that first one, uh, like absolutely to death. But, but yeah, <laughs> that's 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 a good pick of, yeah. of all the all the DreamWorks ones. No, I, I, neither of us have mentioned Shrek, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also one of those that uh, quintessential part. American culture, but yeah, um, I, maybe I, maybe it doesn't deserve being a top five list. I don't know. You you kind of you, you kind of hurt me a little bit inside that you've seen How to Train Your Dragon at doctors' offices and kids screaming. <laughs> kind of breaks my breaks my immersion. A I mean, bit, but... <laughs> I'm I I was very deliberate in not including any any 3D movies on on this list or mm-hmm. movies filmed it virtually. Um, yeah. And because I could, I could, there, I feel like it's a whole new genre. Like, would you, do you consider um, uh, Avatar an animated movie? Well, he shot it like a live action film, and and uh, I would say it's live action, just because I think so. Because James Cameron's whole goal was that. Like that—that that was the whole point. Like he shot it like on yeah, a green screen, but like and... ninety. 99% of it is is ultimately created virtually like they they even masked and recreated the actors faces virtually in order to blend them more with the um that might not, not, might not be a right anecdote but I feel like I read that somewhere um that that like when when you're watching that movie even when it it looks like it's a totally normal live action scene there's there's so much that's been been done to it it's it's it should be considered a, a different format than just like film um well, in the, the end that's when we get like to the argument of like when does 
visual effects, like in a Marvel movie or like any action movie, when does that like Transformers? When does that become like animation? It's like I, I, I think they're all going for um like a, a a perfect realism, especially in the way that they capture physics and lighting, mm-hmm. uh, even if the actual figures on screen are often caricatures, um, especially the superheroes and and like Toy Story characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like they're ultimately um, still these virtual three dimensional objects. Um, my number one is Loving Vincent, which is a a, a rotoscoped uh, movie done entirely with oil paints. Ooh. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I, I haven't seen it. When did it's, it come out? Uh-huh. I, it it came out like four or five years ago. Anyways, I don't. I couldn't tell you about the plot at all, except that it's about Vincent Van Gogh, and it's it's it, um, painted in the style of Van Gogh, which is so visually overwhelming. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what the plot is about. The I just I I don't remember watching it. I just remember being completely entranced the entire time. Um watching the paint strokes and the colors on the actors' faces. Um and that is a movie that they shot in live action and then deliberately mutated until it was a completely different two-dimensional image. Um but they did it through an organic process. And a and on on a two dimensional plane, um, instead of virtually, um, mm-hmm. the virtual recreation of like the environments was a part of how they visualized the final painting. Um, there's there's a, there's a different goal there um, between Loving Vincent and, and and like Toy Story and and, and um, Avengers and uh, Marvel and and, and uh, the modern Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my number one. Um, yeah. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta appreciate that one. If, to everyone listening, it's an amazing experience to watch that movie. Yeah, Lo- loving it, Vincent. It, that's that's the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, entirely oil painted, like tens of thousands of of paintings went into it, um, and, and hundreds of of animators. Um, and uh, and and it it set the stage also for. Uh, into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. which is one of my like honorable mentions, and other directors that are incorporating texture into their um, virtual worlds, uh, so that the final two-dimensional image has uh, painterly uh, brush strokes and um, smudges and ink stains and um, bleeding around the edges of the colors. Um, and all of this uh, in, in, intertextual information that gives you the impression of, of watching a two-dimensional animation, um, even when it was staged virtually. It's it's interesting that like this is your number one, just because like that's uh, what you just described is kind of like what we go to stop motion animation for. You see, you see, like just like the like like the just like the pain and like sacrifice of like every like animated like like architecture and 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 stuff like that like it's um like you see like especially in stop motion like just like um uh, like it you take you, a picture you, you can see the unreality of 
the image mm-hmm. in the stop motion and in the way that it's filmed um i it still includes stop motion because you're you're creating this animation um of of movement through many many small pictures um taken one at a time instead of uh, filmed automatically in in a virtual situation mm-hmm. and you have to light the the physical sets differently so you you're limited in the way that you can place lights impractically and practically around the set um and you're limited in your camera angles and and those limitations sort of create the characteristics of the medium Mm -hmm. um but yeah um that that's a good that's a good pick i'm definitely going to check that one out uh but my number one um i think you might already know what my number one is but uh it's directed by wes anderson and this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, and that is, well, just like every Wes Anderson film. But uh, that that film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh-huh. Like I said, oh, I yeah. love stop motion animation. And like when I knew that Wes Anderson was going to make a, like, a stop motion animated like feature, like I got super excited. And like I wasn't, like my hype never like fell to the floor. Like this, this film... Like especially like the ending of this film's like spoilers of just it, it like that like that this like this is not a kid's movie. Like everything like about this movie, it isn't a kid's movie, but that ending was just like it I I don't know. I love the fantastic I love the fantastic Mr. Fox like so much. Or, like it, I don't remember enough about the, the ending, but I know it it's it was it's a brilliant movie and it's on my honorable mentions list. <sighs> Um, I've yet to see Isle of Dogs, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is amazing. Isle of Dogs, I've seen Isle of Dogs, and it's my it's, grandmother hated it. <laughs> I I didn't hate it, but it definitely like you. I think it kind of falls into that like really bad criticism of like this movie is for kids. Uh, even though uh, like it it definitely felt like it like he like. Like the producers of this film, like went up to Wes Anderson and basically said, "Hey, Fantastic Mr. Fox, like that's a really depressing, and just like <laughs> all like hits you like uh, hits you over the head like like real life sucks." Uh, can you make Isle of Dogs like a little bit more friendly for the kids and stuff like that? And Wes Anderson's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Oh, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll cut back on like the, the <laughs> I'll cut back on like all the." Uh, just all all the monologues and and just uh, references to the sublime and unknowable and the old uh, wolf in the distance saluting and yes. whatnot. Yeah, yes. you'll cut back on that. All but... the cool stuff. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's still good. But I love Fantastic Mr. Fox so much. It's like with a it has a great cast too, and like that's another thing that we didn't really mention is that I I love animated movies that like have, no have good voicing that have good voicing but they're not just doing it to be like hey let's get a let's this is what i hated about dreamworks is like dreamworks for the longest time we're like hey let's get like a top build actor and put him on the poster and that would sell seats like this is what i loved about uh, like it loved about pixar they knew like what actors to pick and like how they fit to the characters and mm-hmm. like, and fantastic Mr. Fox did that really well. And, uh, and that's why it's my number one, but, mm. 
but yeah, uh, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox and stop motion. Well, I, I can always watch a stop motion animated film and I will always like, it doesn't matter what year or decade I'm in. I will always enjoy it. So I think we're united in our love of stop motion animation yes. here. Yeah. Uh, but Gotta, do we have any uh, honorable mentions? I know you like, I, I have a, I have a, bunch because i like i said i love animated movies especially old adult animated movies mm-hmm. um but go go for it you first um well you mentioned one of them uh it was actually uh, into the spider-verse i mm-hmm. uh i think i will uh echo exactly what you just said about like into the spider-verse like kind of having like texture to its animation and just character as yeah. well uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Into the Spider Verse as everyone else, like out there, but like I still enjoyed it, and um, it's just a comic book movie, and I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, I think that's just, its only limitation. Like, like technically and and stylistically, it it totally excels. Um, and and the the like the the plot and and the depth of the plot is its only. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, I I've been recommended to watch. Um, his new one on Netflix. I really want to see that. Um, oh, uh, where the there's a lot of techniques. Uh, the Mitchells, about the family, Mitch- the Mitchells versus the machines. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, pretty good. It kind of falls into the trap of just being overly long, and also it uses a lot of internet humor that is just hmm. kind of cringy at, at best. <laughs> very cringy and it's almost it's it's almost very it's very overwhelming at times so but it's still it's still good it's got a great cast it's just like it i don't know it's not really it's uh, a little phone home about yeah yeah Yeah, okay yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh but another one um it's a phil lord and chris miller joint uh lego movie that's another honorable that i have uh i had to i haven't seen that I had it on my list for quite a bit, but I just couldn't do it just because a lot of those Lego movies have just gotten just like, hey, we're just trying out trying to make a quick buck like here and there. But I love that yeah. first one so much just because, like I said, I love stop motion animation and I like that kind of just blend of like digital animation and just like, hey, let's try and make it look like this old medium. I thought it was mm-hmm. actually like for the longest time, like I honestly thought it was stop motion animation, like in the trailers, and I'm like, then I actually saw the movie, and I'm like, they're moving in ways where <laughs> you can't. <yeah. laughs> they're they're moving in ways where they, yeah, that it would cost like a hundred million dollars to get the shot. So, but but yeah, uh, do you have any more honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, we we talked about um, Fritz the cat. And mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to Ralph Baskey, who's even though I none of his his many films will probably make it into my top ten. Uh, I love all of them. They're they're wonderfully flawed. Um, and uh, and he was um, uh, way ahead of his time um, in terms of his his use of uh, the, the the medium um, and. Oh, and I forgot another one. I'll mention that later. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Fritz the Cat was his his first one, and it's and you haven't seen it. It's very adult. It's a scathing satire of like seventies and eighties hedonism. Um, 
especially like around like college kids who like are bourgeois and don't know what they want yet and think they're all that. And Fritz the Cat is that guy. Uh, and when I watched it in, in college, it, it actually, it kind of hit too close to home. <laughs> it was, um, it's, it's, it's about a cat who just wants, he just wants sex and he thinks he's cool, but he's not, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, and um, it also covers some really adult themes. It's like the sixties. It, it, it talks about the same problems that we have today um, in terms of race and, and sex and um, uh, equality and equity and uh and culture clash especially uh, but with all of the language tools of the 60s which is still it's 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 cruder but it's still uh legit commentary um so it's not for the faint of heart it's not for kids mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a great adult animation um and his his other ones too he has a movie called uh wizards which is deliberately unfinished some of the backgrounds are just pencil drawings some of the animations incomplete um it's it's like a it's like a cross section of what an animated movie is halfway through the production and at the end of it it's like a lord of the rings knockoff and at the end of it the the evil wizard comes face to face with the good wizard and the evil wizard has his whole spiel and the good wizard just pulls out a gun and shoots him oh oh wow (laughs) it's great that's depressing. <laughs> but... No, it's it's amazing. It's yeah. it, um, you should check that out too. It's yeah. um, it's a, a an allegory for the fears of um, Cold War uh, nuclear apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's Lord of the Rings esque, where it's a fellowship traveling cross country to defeat the evil wizard. But the evil wizard is um, mutated and lord over all of the, of the mutations and and the magical land which has been created by nuclear fallout. Um, and it's like subtly and implicitly uh, post World War Three, um, like Fallout New Vegas type world, except it has magic and it's told through the lens of um, myth instead of science fiction. That's uh, that's actually sounds fascinating. <laughs> I take back the all, yeah, all like... all his movies are are great. There's another one called Fire and Ice, um, mm-hmm. where he filmed. It's really early in the '70s, but he filmed live action people on a soundstage and then rotoscope them into the, into the movie um, uh, by hand, um, just like uh, waking life. Um, and that's, that's a great classic, you know, uh, animation of where, you know, the, the barbarian villager um, gets pushed out by the invading army and then has to journey with the sorcerer to the castle of the dark, lord and defeat him stuff like that um but worth checking out right all around um, basket movies but i now i'm just i'm thinking of like another i'm seeing i just looked at this uh movie poster that <laughs> that's on my desk of uh um another honorable mention is rango gore verbinski's yeah, rango i was, was gonna mention that yeah uh now i'm kicking myself for not putting that on my list because that's a brilliant animated like feature gore verbinski is like a god and he can he well he can do wrong in two and three of pirates but we don't talk about those so <laughs> i so i went to um uh, a, a screening of his uh last movie which was um that like three hour movie about the oh, kid that goes to the insane asylum where um people have Dane DeHaan, uh, parasitic right? relationships Dane DeHaan's yeah. in it right yeah with uh with with worms in the ground a cure um, a cure <laughs> A cure of everything? Is that a is cure it? for everything? Yeah, yeah a cure for like everything. 
Um, wow, horrifying movie. Uh, and also weird. <laughs> anyway, so the Q and A, Q and A afterwards was brilliant. Uh, Wait, was he there? Yeah, he was there. <gasps> yeah. Oh um, and and when we got to ask him questions, and there were two big questions that I loved. There was a scene. And it's, the movie ends. People go, okay, here's Skorvinsky. He gives a spiel, and then they turn to the crowd, and there's like, are, are there any questions? And then like a zillion hands raise, and then he's like, okay, are there any questions that are not related to the Bioshock movie? And half the hands fall. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, and then and he picked on somebody, and, and the first guy was like, yeah, there's this scene where he is being tortured. In, by the like the dentist and his tooth's being drilled and it looks like the end he's been captured by the baddies he um, is completely helpless and everything is horrible and then it cuts and he's in a completely different location running for his life you never filmed him escaping from the dentist chair in which he was being tortured and Gorvinsky's like yeah, we never filmed that at all. We never thought we'd need it. And everybody was just like, what? What? It totally breaks the movie. That he, he never gets out of the clutches of the villains. Mm-hmm. And they never thought they'd need to show that part. It's just, it's just bonkers to me. Anyways, um, the second question was, hey, this uh, Gore Verbinski, what happened to the Bioshock movie? And he's like, okay, fine. I'll tell you. We were starting to build the set. We had a script and everything, and the producers balked at the price of building the set. So we had to flesh it all like a week before filming. And then he says, but it would have been a fucking insane movie. And, it, and that's <laughs> my Gore Rubinsky Bioshock. Anyway. <laughs> 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 Is that he said that? Did the whole did the whole crowd just groan after that? Where they're just like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all shared a moment where we would have really liked to see that movie, but it was going to be impossible because it was too expensive and it just right. got sad. Yeah. Well, maybe he should. Uh, I would like to see like a really low budget Bioshock movie. Like that. That would be like actually done well, not like low budget like oh uh, yeah. Film, but I I'd, I'd like to see a rotoscope. Bioshock movie. I think they could mm-hmm. get around the budget issues by, you know, being crafty like Ralph Bashke mm-hmm. and uh, and animating the <laughs> nice. the set and uh, in virtually stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, um, we've mentioned Anomalisa. Um, I also wanted to mention um, Fantastic Planet. Have you heard of that? Um, I, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it's a, it. Yet. It's a nineteen. I've, I haven't seen it either. It's a nineteen seventy three French movie, um, and it's about uh, a planet full of blue aliens, um, and it has a psychedelic rock jazz score, um, and I and I really want to see it. That's my so it's on my list. That and Anomalisa are on the top of my movie list right now. Yeah, uh, I've been. I've been waiting to see and and I'm and I'm Lisa and I feel like I'm doing Charlie Kaufman. I feel like if we would have seen it, then we would it would probably be on our top five list the way people talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And and also <laughs> just what you said about fant- like Fantastic Planet, like psychedelic rock, like you had me at those words. Right <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that's the selling point right there for me. Uh, but. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's any other 
Yeah, I I also want to give a shout out to a town called Panic, mm-hmm. which is um, a stop motion movie. It's entirely made with commonly found toys. It's about horse, cowboy, and Indian, which are just action figures, and they run around a town called Panic, and they have zany adventures. It's a whole YouTube series. It's Belgian, um, so it's in in French or Belgian. I don't I don't know. They sound similar, but maybe they're too maybe they're not maybe Belgian isn't even a language. I don't know. But it's a great movie, um, and you don't need to uh, know the language to enjoy it because it's it's just the adventures of of um, toys. In in a way, it's like a truer Toy Story than Toy Story because in a town called Panic, there there is no Andy. There are just the toys. That like what happened to Andy in that world? <laughs> Did he just? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I don't even know. I it's it's uh, a town called Panic was it's. Um, I think the 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 critic quote is it's Toy Story on LSD. Oh shit! <laughs> that, this, um, this sounds like something I need to like get into now. There's a whole YouTube series. It started as a as a free to watch like five minute YouTube shorts. Um, oh, the, that's that's the, really but cool. the movie is the movie's great. Um, yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll give like it's. I mentioned this already before, but like another honorable mention that I had was uh, like, I know it's a bad film, but Adventures of Tintin. It's like mm-hmm. I, I, I will always love Steven Spielberg, no matter like what he does, and like I feel like this film, like I've already like kind of touched on it a little bit, but he was unleashed with like the animated like medium, and he was he it was like it. Was, like they, people say like jaws like it was like his playground like i feel like like this was kind of like his version of jaws again but in animated form because he was like he thought like he knew everything about like filmmaking and then animation he was like oh wow i, I there's it, it's it's so much there's so much more to explore and some of the shots and scenes and action sequences and adventures of tintin are just like so inventive and I really remember the one where they were um, uh, zip lining across the city, mm-hmm. and the camera followed the zip line. Yes, uh, that one really stood out to me there, as well. It's it, like I guess like for that scene specifically, where it it basically I could say you could say it's one take, even though it's animation, and it probably isn't one take because they're they can just like uh, transition it pretty seamlessly because it's animation but Mm -hmm. the fact that they like kind of referenced like a whole one take action sequence i absolutely loved and like i like i go on youtube like probably every six months and like watch that sequence like over and over (laughs) just because it it it, like it's silly it's 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 a it's like it's good action and it's like it's like Steven Spielberg at its at, at his best, like 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 with Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade, it, like it's yeah. it's totally like the Indiana Jones of. Uh, well, actually, I'm putting Indiana Jones down because Tintin's not that great of a film, but but but, <laughs> but still, but still, you know what I mean. But I do, yeah. Um, um, and and I I also be remiss if I didn't mention Akita, mm-hmm. um, uh, you've you've probably seen. I hope mm-hmm. right. Yes. Uh, Akira. Akira. A K I R A. Akira. Oh yeah, Akira. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. 
Yeah, I, I was, I was, it's, it, I was gonna put that in place of Nausicaa because I had to have an anime, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think it, it's as personal as as Nausicaa. But um, that is, is, it's one of the biggest animated productions ever, mm-hmm. and it has some of the most um, detailed and complex uh, technical animation on it. Um, it has something like a, a record number of colors used. Uh, like there's a, there's a limit in the amount of colors that you can use in, in anime because budgetary and, um, and, and uh, uh, supplies limitations. Um, but they threw those out all out the window and, and used every color they could possibly get access to um every every paintbrush and every tool um and then for the the plates usually there's there's you know two or three layers to every scene but akita has like seven to eight to like 20 mm-hmm. um where if they're doing a panning shot through the city instead of two buildings moving and then the background there will be seven or eight buildings moving and then moving lights and uh the foreground racing and um various other effects it uh was uh like a, a monument to animation of, of its time and it's still a great movie i really yeah. hope they remake it in live action actually i i, I isn't isn't jordan peele directing that one they've I, been a number of of uh people attached to it over I, the years i and think then it never he's goes through. i think he's like the director now attached to it which mm-hmm. i feel like he would be the one person that could actually do it and do it successfully uh although i i'm not very i'm not very big on remakes like i I, it's like i want like like the original films to be Mm -hmm. to to just be there uh but i think jordan peele could could do it but i i'm really glad that you mentioned akira just because because uh it was on none of our lists and Mm -hmm. and uh it, that's a shame, but I feel like Spirited yeah. Away was more personal for me. Yeah, and just and, like, and I could have also mentioned uh, Perfect Blue or um, Ghost in the Shell uh, or um, Paprika um, or Godfather's of Tokyo. Um, well, and Ghost in the Shell, a whole, whole bunch of Japanese anime movies that were giving short straw by not. We, we, I could, I could make a top five if I was not to limit myself, and it would be entirely anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but Ghost in the Shell, I feel like, like destroyed me after seeing the live action version. You I, didn't I, like it. I, I did not like it at all. The, I, the anime or the the live action? The live action film. Oh and yeah, it no, live, live the action is pretty, for me. pretty tragedy. Really? Yeah, it it it's just because like for in my mind, I need to like. Get, I think right now it's there's probably perfect time in between life, me seeing the live action version. I can actually go and like watch like the anime because I tried to watch like the anime like right after seeing the live action, and I was like, nope, can't do it, can't do it. Like it's breaking me. It's like. Have uh, you have you fully seen the anime? No. Uh, like, oh no! Yeah, people... no. It's it's a different. It, it's different at the end. It's much more radical. The 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 live action one kind of folds back in on itself and and becomes a, a reiteration of like you know current social values and conservatism. Mm-hmm. But the the old anime is famous because it's like it, the 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 end message is humans will end. And we will become something else, and everything dies. And 
the new thing will be strange and you won't be able to understand it. Which is a radical <laughs> message for a movie, right. uh, just an animated movie, right? Right. Um, that's that's really rough. <laughs> that's like, yeah. yeah no, it, it's it, at the end of the live action one, she rediscovers her identity as an ex Japanese person and is able to like live with herself in a robot body. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the animation, she is destroyed as an individual individual self and merges with an AI, and a new being is born. Oh. And it's, and it is the, it's the answer to the question of the movie, which is what happens when everybody is integrated with machines and becomes immortal and doesn't have an incentive to reproduce anymore. Mm-hmm. What becomes of the human race when it seems like there is a, um, an evolution towards something, but actually there's stagnation. And the whole... Uh, environment of the movie is is one of stagnation everybody's gotten used to the technological power and they're slowly being overcome by it and, and turned into sort of robots themselves um and the they want to destroy that that runaway ai that's lost in the machine because they fear that it's a new thing that will change society that they've they've come to love and they have all of these strictures and controls like she she doesn't own her own body she has to send it into repair and she has to make sure that she has access to the company's uh mechanics that's essentially. so real to what we're like experiencing today yeah. with like our phones yeah. it's like we do, and like, none of we... that none of that is mentioned in in the live action movie right um it's, oh. it's all sort of breezed, breezed over. Um, but her, her position as like a servant and a robot for the company um, is one of the, the central themes. And they're trying to keep her from changing and becoming someone else um, that's not under their control. And she ultimately breaks free by losing herself. It's, it's very, very radical and uncomfortable for some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll for definitely sure. have to revisit it again, like, again just with like like with a clear head and just like watch it without like knowing that there was a live action and it was so terrible. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know why I couldn't like, like disconnect myself, but it was just, I think I was just so, I was so disappointed by everything. I was just like, I, I just can't watch this right now. So I, I wasn't so disappointed with it. It's still an interesting movie. It's, it's an Americanization of the, some of the ideas and, in in that, like a lot of people criticized it for um, whitewashing. Yeah, whitewashing, and, and 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 they tried to like sort of claw that back in the movie's plot. Mm-hmm. But really, I I don't care. Like c- culture grows when you draw from other cultures. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You're not you're not taking from that other culture. You are expanding on it in your own with your own voice. Um, so I, I encourage Americans to to um, copy and and re-envision Japanese movies and Japanese to copy and re-envision American movies because that's how we'll, like, you know, push the art form. Um, and mm. now we, like, none. a lot of the themes that Ghost in the Shell, the live action, dealt with um, had never been dealt with before in American live action. So it, it definitely was, like, a huge step forward. But it wasn't there yet. We're not, we're not quite there yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're, we're reaching like the hour mark. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Probably should start wrapping this up, but that was our top. Uh, should we just recap like our top five? Just, sure. Like, one more time. So go for it. So my top five was, or my fo- number five was Coraline. Then it was Spirited Away at number four. Uh, then Toy Story three at number three. Uh, fitting. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then How to Train Your Dragon at two, and then the Fantastic Mr. Fox at number one. I have Wallace and Gromit at number five, and then a Scanner Darkly slash Waking Life because I'm cheating. And then Nausicaa slash Akita, and then the Illusionist, the Illusionist slash Triplets of Belleville, and then uh, Loving Vincent at that top for for being a technical masterpiece. Right. Uh, but Connor, I always enjoy talking movies with you and Likewise. just chatting with you. This is great. Uh, this was something that I needed. It's kind of kind <laughs> of been too. a weird week. Kind of been a weird week me for too. me. So uh, I always enjoy. Um, uh, talking with you, but uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for talking to me about these uh, best Anytime. animated features. And Anytime. Uh, and also then... shout out to Watership Down and Heavy Metal for being all other adult animated movies. Now that I remember, yeah. And all the uh, all the links will be in the description to check out like all the um, excellent all of, all the movies that we mentioned. So uh, go go binge them all on your streaming platform of choice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Connor and I are signing off.